Welcome back to the fourth episode of Self-Care with Lauren and Blair. My name is Blair. And I'm Lauren. And we just want to say a big thank you for everyone who tuned into our fitness Q&A last month. We had so much fun making it. And just a little reminder to subscribe to our podcast so you can be in the know on all future episodes. Today's episode is about meditation and mindfulness. Let's just jump right into it. When was the first time you experienced meditating regularly? Um, Before I start talking about that, I just want to um, disclose, be honest with you, that the last month of meditation has been horrible for me, maybe two months actually, since I've been knee-deep in work and stress-related things. I've really dropped the ball on my meditation, and I'm struggling. But I will tell you, the first time that I ever practiced mindfulness was probably about five years ago. Um, Someone at work encouraged me to download the free trial of the Headspace app, and I hated it. Um, I'm sure many people like that man, Andy, with the heavy accent, but to me, I just couldn't get into it. It was so hard for me to be present and mindful in the moment for 10 whole minutes listening to this man whose voice just didn't engage me or calm me or make me feel remotely connected to what he was saying at all. So that was about five years ago and when I realized I didn't enjoy it, I gave up. I think I lasted maybe a week or two max. I did persevere for a little but ultimately I just gave up and didn't do it. Um, And then this year in the summer I found out that teachers were entitled to the Calm app for free, a subscription to it, and I downloaded it and gave it a try, and I fell in love. What was your first introduction to meditation or mindfulness? So I've been practicing yoga and meditation on a regular basis for just under a year now. I combine my meditation with my restorative yoga practice. The first time I went to restorative yoga practice was... May of 2017 and then I never went again until the following year and that's when I really fell in love with it and went once a week, sometimes twice a week. I haven't dabbled with any of the meditation apps like Headspace or Calm. I'm not a teacher so I don't get the free subscription uh, and I just don't have the money to do it. Um, Yeah, it's super pricey. Yeah, I just go to my local gym. They have yoga classes and they're surprisingly really good because they're restorative. You get to meditate and the environment does not feel like a gym. It's actually very cozy and cute. I also go to another yoga studio called Yoga Tree where they specialize in restorative and meditative yoga. And that's really how I first got into meditation. I try doing it at home sometimes and more on that later, but I really enjoy being in a class setting when I do it. So I know that a lot of people like to meditate during the day. For some reason, I prefer in the evening. I think it helps me wind down and clear my mind before I go to sleep. And I think that's why I've not been really great at it lately because I tend to get too tired. And as you all know, I have a super early bedtime of 9 p.m. So usually around 8.40 or so is when I do my meditation. But some nights by like 8.15, I'm ready for bed. And it just gets too exhausting for me to sit up and hold my back still and be in a proper position for a whole 10 minutes. And I know that sounds crazy, but I'm just really low energy lately and I've had such a hard time focusing. Um, Anytime I've done these meditations in the last two months and I've mostly just drifted. And the great thing about the Calm app is that there's often a bell to bring you back to focus, which I appreciate and it helps me because 
My thoughts wander way too much. I think about students and things I need to deal with with them and my marking load or family responsibilities. And now added to that, I have a lot of Instagram responsibilities because I've done some partnerships and I have to fulfill those duties. And so my mind is very cluttered and I think it's become a vicious cycle of I've become worse at meditation because I'm consumed with my thoughts and I'm consumed with my thoughts because I've not been doing my meditation. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Yeah, so I'm hoping over the Christmas break when my mind clears a little and it's not as cluttered, I can be more frequent with my meditations and a little bit more consistent. I like that I was able to establish the momentum in the summer and that it was a nightly thing and now it's like a three to four night a week thing and it just feels like it's falling by the wayside and I'm not as committed to it and that's upsetting because I really do want to be good at meditation and I do love the effects of it and I sleep better and I'm not as reactive and I see things in a more short-term perspective instead of a long-term perspective and I don't ruminate over things as much and there's just so many benefits to meditation that losing my momentum has been so detrimental to my anxiety. I find that when I lose my momentum as well it makes me see meditating as somewhat of a chore that I have to do. Absolutely. And and it's so sad that I have to see something I love and that's so good for you as a chore sometimes. I have to really pull myself in and you don't want to have to work hard at it because the whole point of it is that meditation is about not trying too hard just letting it be and letting life happen and it just sucks when we lose momentum for that it's true I see it as a chore right now and I think that's really sad yeah because it's not it's 10 minutes of your life that should be seen as a Mm non-negotiable not as added work and something we look forward to so I got my first full-time job in September and Right away, I felt the negative effects of not meditating and doing my restorative yoga practices on a weekly basis. It's really hard when you go, like Lauren said, from building momentum to nothing at all. I was such a different person. I wasn't supposed to be in that job. That's not where my heart was. But aside from that, I just wasn't ready to go without my yoga and meditation practices and I'm still 22. I'm lucky enough that I'm young to kind of curate my life around the things that I need and I took that as maybe a sign that my mental health wasn't up to par and I needed to continue my practices so I did something kind of bad. I took I took a day off work here and there dedicated to my meditation practices but that's not realistic and that's not something that people can sustain at all. So I Again, I took that as a sign that I shouldn't be working full-time. I should curate my life around part-time work and my health and wellness and all the benefits that come with that for the time being. But I don't think what you were doing was so bad, to be frank. I think that more jobs and careers need to offer mental health days. Yeah. I know in the teaching profession, all we have is something called a personal illness day, and that refers strictly to physical ailments. And I think more um, people need to be, or more, 
I think that more institutions need to be mindful of the fact that people need mental health days for their own sanity and self-preservation. And so to take time off for yourself to meditate, granted, it probably shouldn't have been once a week, but I think, (laughs) I mean, that might have been a little excessive, but I think that it's okay. I mean, your secret's safe with me. And everyone else else who's listening to this. Yes. I view my meditation practices as treatment. Like, I really do with the anxiety and, you know, other complications that I deal with. That really is treatment for me. It does wonders that medications couldn't do. So sometimes I would frame it in a way, oh, I have an appointment. Because I had an appointment with myself. And oh, I absolutely agree with you. Yeah, and I know how awful that can come across to some people. I can just picture maybe older listeners being like, that's not how the real world works. You have to go into work. You have to face your responsibilities. But you know what? For the next year, I think I'm fine. Yeah, I also agree that meditation and mindfulness is a substitution for like an actual therapy session Mm -hmm. to a large extent because meditation has done wonders for me in ways that therapy has not. Yeah. And definitely medication. Yes. So I, I think that's an interesting way of framing it. So why did you start meditating? What, and what are the benefits that you've noticed through meditating? That's a good question. I have, I have to say that I think the changes in me from meditation have been in conjunction with a lot of things that I'm doing on top of that. I don't know if meditation alone would have put me in this headspace where I'm actually so centered and calm and I handle things so much better than I used to. Um, Spoiler alert, I just started taking CBD. Um, I know a lot of people take it in the morning, and I have done that before when I've been a little bit anxious in the morning. It it really helps with um, clarity and mental focus too, so I can see why people take it in the day. But I take it at night, and it's helped me sleep so well. But alas, this is a podcast about meditation, so maybe we can touch on CBD another time. We should touch on it next podcast for sure. I have so much to say about it. So do I. Yeah. Or you know what? We can talk about it We can it get today. into it. We can. But let's finish talking about meditation. For sure. this is obviously a big part of our journey too to help us cope with our, our anxiety and our mental health. Um, and it's a big part of our, our self-care. Um, the biggest thing for me in terms of my mindfulness and how it's helped me cope with life, I think, is the mantra, this too shall pass. It's something that I've always said to myself Well, mostly since I had children. I first heard it six years ago. Someone said it to me when I think Olivia had her first cold or something or she was teething or any sort of challenges that I was um, trying to cope with when I had a baby. Um, But I really started believing it through my meditation because it's something that on the Calm app they've said multiple times and it's very beneficial for me because it helps me realize that the struggles that I'm enduring in that moment are trivial. And yes, my child is sick. Or yes, I've had an angry parent complain that their child's mark is not high enough. Um, but all of this will pass. And in the grand scheme of life, I won't remember this one month from now. Or even a week from now. Or three days from now. So for me, being more present in the moment and realizing the you know overall insignificance of what I'm trying to cope with or the challenges that I'm enduring at the moment, that's been the most beneficial part of my practice thus far. I completely agree. What I've learned through meditation is that we hold a lot of tension in our bodies, in our minds, 
in our emotions and meditation really serves as a way to alleviate all this tension like you said it allows me to not get upset at small impositions or hold so much value on issues that are actually very inconsequential in the grand scheme of things I use my time when I meditate to really manifest what I want because I feel most powerful and most connected to myself when I meditate. And then the yoga aspect of meditation teaches me to work through discomfort and teaches me to accept when to stop pain. It allows me to distinguish between the two. And because of this, I strip myself of bad things in my life unapologetically, whether it's people, work environments, or any other type of thing. I just let it go. That's amazing. I'm still working on that. Um, Something else that helped me in my app is when the narrator tells me to pause between moments throughout the day for space and clarity. I love that so much because as a teacher, I tend to just go, 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 go all day. Like I'm lucky if I get a washroom break, I hoover my meal in five minutes at lunch so that I can get right to my marking. I try to be as productive as possible during the day. And also this semester, I teach three periods in a row back to back. So I start at 8.50 and I don't finish till 12.50. And I know that doesn't sound like a long time because it's only four hours. But those four hours, I get no time to myself whatsoever. Five minutes between periods here and there. Um, I mean, it's nice because I'm done at 12.50 for the day, essentially. I have my prep and then, you know, lunch. But learning from the app about pausing between moments throughout the day has been so helpful for me because... At 12.50, after I eat my lunch, I go out to the car and I go for a little, you know, jog around the parking lot and then I go sit in the car and I sometimes tell these ridiculous musings on my Instagram because you know what? That is not, well, it is an attention-seeking thing, partially, admittedly. I like people who watch my stories and tell me I'm funny, but it's for me. It's my mindfulness and I know that that seems ridiculous to think that scrolling through Instagram could be considered mindfulness, but it is. It gives me space from my job, which I need, and it provides me with some clarity and some downtime. And essentially, it's like me napping in the car for 15, 20 minutes, or just even, it's the equivalent of meditating because after I'm done, I go back inside and I'm so refreshed and reinvigorated that I'm able to just go back to my marking and resume where I left off. And the rest of the day is productive for me. Whereas I don't think I would be as productive in those last two periods of the day if I hadn't taken that break and had that mindfulness moment. I really like that. Another mantra that resonates with me is the I am strong, I am soft mantra. And it is about pausing through emotions essentially and allowing myself to be okay with the emotions I feel. Not to be upset that I'm upset, but it's okay that I'm soft in this moment. And then in other moments, I can be strong. I like that. I had never heard it. Yeah. One of my, we had a sub yoga teacher come in and that was her mantra for the day. And she made everyone do that and think of it. Well, like you can't make someone think of it, but I took it to heart and it has really affected me in a positive way. That's so great. I have a bunch of mantras that I have written down because I love them and they've definitely resonated with me. Some of them are, the best thing one can do when it's raining is let it rain. Mm. Do you like that? I do. Because I think that relates really nicely with this other one. If you want real control, drop the illusion of control. I'm a huge control freak. Me too. It's not a shock to anybody. When someone's 
type A, high anxiety, it just goes with the territory. So I have for my entire life been so anxious because I've always wanted to control all the things. And the hardest thing for me is letting go of things that are out of my power. So I like this quote about letting it rain when it's raining because it helps me recognize that much like the weather, I cannot control things that are out of my power. So it's so important to just let things be and cope with them in the best way possible. It's like that other one about like dancing in the storm. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? It's something like you can wait for the storm to pass or you can dance in the rain. Something right. like that. It's cliche, but it's it's good advice. It's true. It definitely is. For control freaks like us, we need to remember that. And I think meditation helps us remember that. Oh, absolutely. And um, another mantra that is nicely related to that is, um, in the in the midst of movement and chaos, keep stillness inside of you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because I'm not good at keeping still. Not inside of me, not outside of me. No part of me wants to be still. So sometimes I have to consciously remind myself to to be still despite all the movement and chaos. Um, And that helps me especially with my kids because lately they've been at each other's throats. It's that age. Oh, yes. It's 100% that age. And they play so cute together for a few minutes. But then ultimately, one wants this toy. They don't want to share. They don't want to share the food. They don't want to share the toys. They don't want to share the things. And so they're at each other. And I just want to get up and pounce. But sometimes I remind myself to keep still and let them duke it out. Or I don't necessarily feel like I want to mediate. I want them to conflict resolve themselves. Ultimately, I do have to always step in. I should add that. <laughs> There's never been a time where I haven't. But initially, I, I try to force myself to be still and let their movement and chaos reign until it gets to a point where it comes to blows and then I have to come separate them. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's so true. Learning how to accept what's happening around us instead of trying to control it when we really have no control over some of these things is such... A lifesaver to remember. Yeah. Oh, I have a question for you. Yes. So in my meditation on the app, a lot of times the narrator talks about savoring the small pleasures, like eating your food without distractions and being mindful in all your actions. Are you good at that? I am. I'm a big believer of the law of attraction. And the law of attraction says that like attracts like, and the more you are thankful for what you have, the more you will bring about And it says somewhere in all of their musings that you should say thank you as much as you consciously can. So when I do find myself in those moments of small pleasure, I say thank you in my head three times. So for example, if I'm on a walk and it's not disgustingly cloudy outside, I will say thank you for the sun. If I'm eating and watching a great episode of Gilmore Girls, I will say thank you. You You are so zen. I really have tried to be appreciative, consciously appreciative, of smaller moments. I'm jealous. Not gonna lie. I don't, I mean, I don't get many small pleasures. (laughs) TBH. Oh my god. I don't. 
Um, like I never eat my food in peace yeah. and even when I do eat my food in peace, I am scrolling through my phone. Mm-hmm. I never put a piece of food in my mouth and say thank you or consciously tell myself you are enjoying this at the moment. <laughs> it's just not something I'm capable of. So to savor things that are, you know, pleasurable, I don't think I do it. Maybe, it takes practice. Maybe during like a massage or something, like something that I really do for my self care where I'm grateful Mm-hmm. Then I can, but I wouldn't cal- I wouldn't characterize that as a small pleasure. That's a big pleasure. So you say thank you even more. Yeah, <laughs> so grateful. Let's see other mantras that resonate with me. Beyond a wholesome discipline, be gentle with yourself. I'm not great at this. I'm I'm not so gentle with myself and I wish I could be but I've always been so critical of myself and I think in certain aspects I'm not so critical and I am very tolerant and accepting of myself but I am I hold myself to a really high standard and I love the idea of perfection even though perfection is not attainable and I wish I could not be so critical of myself and I could be more gentle with myself it's something I'm working on. That mantra to me is very similar to my I am strong, I am soft mantra. Being gentle with myself is something I've never been great at, especially when it comes to my career. I've done a lot of really great things that I'm proud of, but recently I've done a bit less of those things and that eats away at me sometimes and I have to learn to be gentle with myself to remind myself that yeah, right now, I can be a little bit soft and then eventually I'll be strong again. Things like that. I'm I'm not the best at being gentle with myself, but I am learning. I mean, you're 22. You that know what too. I mean? Like you have to No, I'm not talking about it in terms of you being young and naive. I'm saying I think you have such grandiose expectations of yourself and what you should be doing with your life. Mm-hmm. But you like most 22 year olds do not have heads on their shoulders to the extent that you do so thank you well you're welcome so be gentle with yourself that is what meditation also teaches me not to compare to other people to just be happy with myself oh I think that's so important all I do is sit on Instagram and compare myself with others and I don't know why because that's just such an insecure thing to do and I really do feel generally quite confident and good about myself so I don't know why I fall into this Instagram comparison trap. It's ludicrous, really. Mm-hmm. Because I don't compare myself with anyone else in terms of how they're a mom or how they're a teacher. Like, I feel relatively adequate in all realms of my life. But Instagram makes me critical of myself and makes me doubt myself and I compare. You're lucky that you only experience that on Instagram. I feel like I experience that so much because I'm just graduated and people are posting what they're up to in their careers so that again fuels my career anxiety oh yeah comparison trap is real up until you hit a certain point in your life like I think I just stopped comparing myself to others in all aspects of you know family and children and marriage and careers and all of that because I'm established in all of that right right so I think by your 30s you kind of throw that out the window but something about Instagram just brings out my insecurities 100% real talk Um, Another mantra that I really like is, can we get to the place where there is no place to go? And this one speaks to me on so many levels. Like it speaks right to my soul because I've never been able to get to a place where there's no place to go. And that's why I suck at meditation. 
because I am constantly thinking about the next place I have to go and the next thing I have to do and the next chore that needs to be put on my list and checked off because I am a ruminator. It's what I do. And I'm a planner and I'm a list maker and I hold the mental weight of all the things that my family does and our schedules and I hold the weight of all 90 of my students and what they need from me and it is a big weight to bear and because of that I'm constantly going to places. Do you ever take a day and veg and just be happy about it or are you a bad vegger? I tend to be happier when I'm productive, not going to lie. I thrive on productivity and being busy and having a lot on my plate. And that's what's always been the best for my mental health. Mm. But yeah, I'm I'm not opposed to vegging. I mean, we're going to Mexico in a week and I intend to do all the vegging. Oh, good. So you allow yourself to veg. Yes, with margaritas. Good. Can we talk about breathing? Yes. It's kind of a random thing to think about, but... Um, On my app, the narrator mentions from time to time that conscious breathing is so important. It's our anchor. And I think it's such a big part of meditation. And it's a big reason why meditation and mindfulness was a big deterrent for a long time. Because I'm not a good breather. I'm a shallow breather. I'm usually extremely caffeinated, so my heart's racing. It's very hard for me to take deep, slow inhalations. And so I'm put off by being told I need to breathe very consciously and deeply and slowly but I'm improving with it and I find the more I'm at it the more I can do it how about you every therapist I've ever seen tells me that the biggest tool to combat anxiety is breathing and my parents when I would have an anxiety attack say you need to breathe and I get so angry because it's like uh I'm breathing hello (laughs) it's logical I'm alive but Breathing with intention is so different and really makes a difference and puts you in a state of calmness and mindfulness and it really helps you get through bouts of discomfort. I agree. Yeah, I definitely feel a difference when I'm intending to breathe deeply and consciously versus when I'm not thinking about my breath. I have come to learn that all those therapists were right and that breathing is a great way to just slow your heart rate down, to come back to the present, and to just look at what's in front of you and tackle it. A lot of personal trainers too have told me that they want to hear your breaths. Like they need to have a sound like a... When like lifting? Right. Yeah. So that you know that you're getting the amount of oxygen that you need. And that makes sense to me because there's obviously a link between or a correlation between deep breaths and, you know, oxygen going to your brain. So I don't know. I'm working on my breathing. It's a a work in progress. Mm -hmm. Aside from breathing, though, another good way to make my heart rate come back down is CBD oil. And I really want to come back to this topic. So do I. Yeah. My boyfriend drove me to a weed dispensary (laughs) a few days after weed became legal in Canada, and he personally bought me a whole bottle of CBD oil. And he said, you're going to take this, and I think it'll work. Did he have to exchange it for one of his kidneys because it is the priciest thing on the planet? It was about $60. Must have been as small as my bottle because that's how much my bottle is. Yeah, it's really small. I'm very nervous to use it because I don't want it to run out and I don't want to pay $60 again. Mine lasted a solid three weeks. 
You're done yours? Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't take it every day. I take it about two, maybe three times a week, depending on my week. It is so good. How many drops do you take? So I fill up the vial. It's a it's a pretty small what's it called? Like a, a dropper. dropper. I fill up the dropper probably three quarters of the way and then I just let it drip on my tongue. Like the whole thing. Yeah, I do the same. It's just like a teeny swallow of it, essentially. Mine too. Yeah, I'd say I do about 10 drops. A starter dose is five drops, and I probably take 10 to feel the effects. When you take CBD oil, you don't think, okay, it's kicking in now. Is it kicking in now? Is it kicking in now? You just notice over time, hey, I'm not thinking about the future. I'm not thinking about the past. I'm thinking about right now, and I'm having a good time. Yeah. And what people don't understand is that there's no psychoactive or addictive effects that CBD oil has. No THC for any students who are listening. Yes, it is totally safe. You can drive on it. You can do all the things on it. And I feel like CBD oil has a stigma because you hear, oh, I got it at a dispensary or it's from the marijuana hemp plant, I think, something like that. Mm -hmm. And people freak out. My parents freaked out when they first heard that I was on CBD oil. I had to literally be like, no, look online. Here are the ingredients even. Our daughter's a druggie. Yeah, no, but it's so (laughs) good. It's essentially just like taking a natural supplement. Oh, 100%. Um, I'm not going to ever go back now. As pricey as it is and as hard it is to justify, I've just ordered my second bottle and it's 30 milliliters instead of 10 and it was $145. Oh my gosh. I know, it's. I'm sick to my stomach thinking about it, but it is worth the money and easily justified because it's a game changer. What effects do you feel on it? Well, I don't get sleepy. I've heard that people get sleepy. I don't, I don't sleepy, know. No. I've driven on it. It's yes. a, it's like a tranquility almost. So I did my driving test on it and Good I passed. Girl. After, after three failed attempts, took some CBD oil, wasn't as nervous. Bam. That makes complete sense. Yeah. Because you were probably more rational and slow to act and... And instead of doing things impulsively. That's the big difference for me. I'm not as impulsive when I take CBD. I'm not as reactive. So I'm slower to respond and react, which is exactly what I need. And I feel the long-term effects of it too, like in terms of my mental clarity and my focus and my sleep. I think my heart, one of the biggest effects of my anxiety is heart palpitations and heart racing. And I typically feel that most in the middle of the night because I'll wake up at 4 a.m. and be like, oh my God, I forgot to do this. Or I'll think about a student. Real talk. It it happens. (laughs) It's not a myth that teachers wake up in the middle of the night thinking about students. It happens. But with the CBD, I don't because it slows my heart and I don't feel as nervous about things that are happening in the imminent future because I do feel more in the moment. And I just think the biggest thing for me is the the impulse control. Yeah. Not feeling as impulsive and the ruminations have been greatly diminished. Yeah, I really recommend CBD oil. It tastes like garbage. Really? My, mine tastes like flowers and coconut. Oh no. I have coconut oil in mine too, but it still tastes like poison. Oh, I don't find that too much. I'm going to look at what bottle you have. Um, yeah, I'm going to let you smell it. It's yeah. vile. Interesting. But the lady that I order it from is in Vancouver, and it's a beautiful product made especially for women, especially working women who have very high-stress lifestyles. And I know that her product is very potent, and that could be why it's got such a strong taste. Um, 
but it's worth it to me. Like I've become accustomed to the taste. I don't feel a noticeable physiological difference. Exactly. And that's why I love it. Me too. Yeah. CBD works for digestive issues, which is also great for me. And me. Yes, exactly. If you refer back to our nutrition podcast, you can understand why. It works for insomnia. It works for chronic pain and inflammation. There, You can't go wrong headaches. with... Yeah, with headaches. You can't go wrong with CBD oil. No. Huge fan. It's funny. This podcast was supposed to be about meditation, and I think we probably showed more enthusiasm about CBD than we did about meditation. But we really do love meditation and mindfulness. I need it. Huge proponents of it. Yes. At the end of the day, the two in conjunction, CBD plus meditation, are game changers for me with my insomnia and my sleep. Um, I highly recommend both of them. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed our excitement for CBD oil and meditation, of course. Thanks for listening. This has been so much fun. I really love our podcasts. I really love recording with you. And we will have so many more in 2019. Happy New Year, guys. Happy holidays. Thanks for listening.